Welcome to Keep You 100 Radio. I'm your host, Felicity Pointer, type 1 diabetic, certified health coach, personal trainer, and founder of Needles and Spoons Health and Wellness. Inside this podcast, you'll find the real and raw conversations around diabetes management, including the lessons that we don't learn in our endos office, my best tips and trainings, and conversations from the experts that I trust inside the community so that you can create more predictability in your diabetes management and feel empowered while doing so. Let's dive in. Keep 100 Radio is brought to you in collaboration with StinGrip, the only patch company that I trust with my diabetes devices. I started using StinGrip about two years ago, and before I found them, my Descom would last maybe four or five days before falling off, making it really hard to lift weights, hike with my dogs, or just wanting to do the everyday things that I love. But now I can confidently travel, work out, and navigate life with diabetes without having to worry about dealing with insurance more than I have to, begging for replacements, and resorting to fingerprints. Plus, I'm in love with their mission to help us live fearlessly with diabetes. You can check out Stingrip at stingrip.com and save 10% on your order by using the code LISSIE, L-I-S-S-I-E, at checkout. Hey, hey, welcome back to another episode of Keeping It 100 Radio. If you're new to the show, welcome. I'm so pumped that you're here. We are talking all things type 1 diabetes and those uncensored conversations that you're probably not having in your endocrinologist's office. So if you are looking for those conversations, then you found yourself in the right place. If you are not new to the show and you're a returning listener, then thank you so much for coming back. I get so excited when I hear all of your responses to the shows and what you want to hear more about. So I would absolutely love if you left a review on whatever listening platform that you're listening on or just go ahead and send me a screenshot of whatever episode that you're listening to. Well, that's this episode. (laughs) And send it to me on Instagram at needlesandspoons underscore. I got so excited when I see that you're listening to the show. But today we are going to talk about probably one of the most controversial topics in the diabetes space. And you probably already know what we're going to talk about, and that's carbs. If you know me, I'm a carby girl. Our community typically is. And there's a reason why I talk about eating carbs so much. If you watch my stories, you'll probably usually see me posting the meals that I'm eating. You might see me post the different amount of carbs that I'm eating. And that's for a very specific reason. I don't believe that there's one size fits all for everybody. I don't believe that everybody needs to eat carbs if it's not in their personal preferences. However, I was raised to where carbs were in my normal diet. They were part of my traditions. They were a part of just how I fueled my body growing up, especially as an athlete. And when I was first diagnosed with diabetes at age 19, nobody was giving me advice or having conversations about how to eat carbs. They were only telling me how to avoid carbs. And especially when your values around food are already so ingrained at an age like that, it's very mentally taxing and it feels very restrictive. So I will admit that I'm not the best person for everybody. If you're somebody who wants to eat low carb and that fits into your priorities, if it's into your preferences and it makes you feel good on a daily basis and you feel fully empowered by that, I absolutely commend you. That is amazing. However, if you're somebody that wants to have conversations about how the heck do I add carbs back into my diet in a kind of in a community or in a just diagnosis that where I'm typically told not to eat carbs or maybe I feel guilty for eating them or maybe I feel shamed for eating them, then this is going to be the conversation for you. So with that, one of the sayings that we have inside of Keep 100 is that you'll never know how to eat the cupcake if you don't bolus for the cupcake. So let's just start by 
kind of recognizing that not every time that you eat carbs or you eat any food, it's going to work out for you the first time. I'm somebody who would say I would rather eat the cupcake 20 times and learn from that data than to never eat it again. And maybe that's the type A in me, maybe that's the Virgo in me, but that's kind of the approach that we often go into inside of Keep 100. So if you're somebody who loves the challenge of trial and error, uh, you love to learn from the information that your blood sugars are giving you and you want to treat it as information and get curious about it, then this is absolutely going to be the episode for you. Now, quick little preface as well. The the information that we're going to go through inside of this episode purely comes from my personal experience and then also experience from our clients as well. I am not a dietitian. I'm not a registered dietitian. I'm not going to pretend to be. And also, I'm just not going to give you medical advice or how to bolus or anything in this episode. So if that was your expectation for this episode, just wanted to preface that this won't be for you. <laughs> and that's okay. But I would absolutely say, um, you know, always talk to a registered dietitian about the bolusing strategies or how to find your specific amount of carbs or macros that fit into your personal life. So without further ado, let's talk about it. If you are somebody who maybe has felt a little bit more restricted or you felt a little bit guilty or again, kind of like that shame when eating carbs and you want to feel more empowered to maybe not even like eat a certain amount of carbs in your day, but like you don't want to feel that guilt or you don't want to feel that anxiety when the opportunities to eat them do come up, then I want to take you through kind of some tips and tricks that can support you in adding these things back into your day without it feeling overwhelming and without it feeling like a lot of a lot of pressure because again when our blood sugars aren't perfect or maybe we're going through that experimenting phase there can feel a lot of pressure and a lot of anxiety when things aren't perfect so the first thing that I want to talk about is number one, like how can we make it easier? If you are somebody who's worried about like maybe the blood sugar spike, how can we slow down that spike and how can we just make it a little bit easier to handle and navigate? So the number one tool that we talk about inside of Keep 100 is always PFF. PFF, PFF. <laughs> this is what I live by and not only in my day-to-day, but this is what our clients use to really make adding carbs back into their life so much easier on their blood sugars. If you're not familiar with the PFF method, this is something that Jess teaches, who is the registered, who, who is the registered dietitian inside of Keep You 100. And I'll also link our other podcast episode on that in the show notes. But PFF stands for protein, fat, and fiber. The very high-level overview, what happens is that macronutrients such as protein, fat, and fiber digest more slowly and therefore they cause a slower rise in your blood sugars. Whereas carbs, why they get such a bad rep in the community is because they digest quicker and lead to a faster and possibly higher blood sugar spike. And what happens is when we combine those, we're actually lowering the glycemic index of our food. So we can slow down that blood sugar spike and therefore slow down the impact of those carbs. So if you're somebody who maybe like there is some fear around pre-bolusing or you just didn't have time to pre-bolus or you just kind of want to start off slow with adding carbs back in in a way that's not too overwhelming and unpredictable, then definitely PFF is a really easy way to start. 
One way that I do this in my personal life is um, smoothies. So smoothies are notorious. They get such a bad rep in the diabetes space because, again, they're kind of known as those more high glycemic meals or snacks, and they're known for rising, raising your blood sugars, and they do so really quickly, right? However, you might be surprised to hear that I have smoothies every single day. Every single day around 2 or 3 p.m., I'm drinking a smoothie. And there's a very specific way that I'm doing that. It's because I'm adding in protein, fat, and fiber to slow down that blood sugar spike. So instead of just having a smoothie with like milk or coconut water and bananas and strawberries, I'm very intentionally adding more things in to slow down the blood sugar spike. So I have 2% milk, which has about from my, I think it's about 13 grams of carbs and eight grams of protein. I have Greek yogurt, which adds about, I think it's 17 grams of protein. I have my protein powder. I use Aura Organics. Love it. I'll link it in the show notes as well. Um, And then I add my frozen mixed berries and frozen bananas. And I always get the kind of shock of, oh my gosh, you add bananas and fruit inside of your smoothies. Like, how do your blood sugars react? And that's a a pretty good amount of carbs in that smoothie. And I never or very rarely have issues with it affecting my blood sugars really quickly. And when paired with the bolusing strategies that I use, I it works out really well. Actually, right before recording this, I had one and my blood sugar is at 159. And I'm okay with that. So when in doubt... PFF, you can ask your dietitian on how, like, what are some ways that you can add those into your meal and maybe like what your personal count or what your personal goal would be for that protein, fiber, and fat. But yeah, that all around is my favorite tool. Not only does it support your blood sugars, but it's really great for hormone health and it's really good at staying satiated. So number two, If maybe adding back carbs feels overwhelming, then this is your kind of go ahead to start small. So there's no need to go from zero to 100. You don't have to go from eating no carbs to eating a big deep dish pizza or sushi or, you know, any of those kind of higher carb meals. You can take this really, really slowly. If you typically have a salad for lunch, you can go ahead and add in small things like berries or quinoa that you mix in, um, something that might feel a little bit safe and maybe not so intimidating. When we just expose ourselves to things that we're uncomfortable with, it can cause a lot of anxiety and um, insecurity in our decisions around that. And the best thing for type 1 diabetes is feeling really confident in your decisions because that is going to correlate in the outcome of your blood sugars. And if it doesn't correlate with the outcome, if you don't get it perfectly, it's going to give you confidence that you know what to do in the next time, what to do the next time and be proactive in that. So that's one way that you can start off small. Another thing that we encourage our clients to do is that if eating out feels really intimidating, then why not get takeout and bring it home and try the dosing in a place that feels safe for you? If maybe going right to the pizza parlor feels really intimidating, I'm from New Jersey, our pizza is amazing, so it used to feel really intimidating and I felt like I couldn't enjoy it, then maybe you want to start off by making a homemade pizza. So maybe getting your own crust from the local grocery store, Trader Joe's, and making it in a way that feels really 
um, good for you and starting off with that and just slowly building up so that when you want to have the pizza, maybe it's at a birthday party or just enjoying time with your friends, you feel confident in doing that. We had a we had a client, love her, um, who was going through this process and adding foods back into her diet after a diagnosis of diabetes a few years ago. And one of the first things that she did was bring those foods home so that she could try it and make it on her own. And it added so much confidence into her decisions when she eventually did go out with her friends or her partner. And she knew that she she felt confident in her dosing strategy so that she didn't have to really think about it or worry about it when she was in the moment in a social situation that she wanted to remain really present in. So this is definitely something that I would recommend, like just taking it slow and starting in a place where you feel most comfortable. All right, number three is using the data. So it can get really intimidating to actually use the data and look at our blood sugar graphs, especially if something didn't work out as planned. And especially when we're unsure, we were unsure of our decision in the first place around the dosing strategy that we used. But if there's anything that I can really encourage is that you look at the data and get curious about it. Don't use it as a judgment or a reflection of how, quote unquote, how good or bad you did. But let's just use that as information of, you know, what did the the timing of my bolus look like? How was my pre-bolus? When did I notice that it actually started working? And what time did I eat? And what time did I notice that my food started actually digesting? And using that information, you can just use it for next time. Okay, do I need a little bit of a longer pre-bolus? Do I need a little bit of a later bolus? Do I need to add more foods into the meal to kind of slow it down a little bit more? What does that look like and how can I adjust for next time? Now, last but not least, I would definitely encourage you to work with a registered dietitian on these dosing strategies because when you feel confident in the decisions around the dosing, you're going to feel so much confident, more confident handling different meals. And one thing that I've personally learned is that I no longer dose for the specific meal. I'm dosing for the type of meal. So what I mean by that is I have very different strategies for, say, a high-carb, low-protein meal versus a high-carb, high-fat meal. So instead of looking at things like this is how I bolus for pizza or this is how I bolus for sushi or this is how I bolus for pad thai, I'm saying how do the how does this compare to another meal that I've eaten before and what did my strategy look like then? The only way that we're going to know what our strategy is, is by trying new things and then looking and reflecting on the data in a curious manner. So working with somebody like a registered dietitian that can help you be very intentional about how are you going to approach this dosing decision? What type of food is this and what category does it fall under? How will that affect your blood sugars? And then what is our game plan for this time or what can we do differently next time? That is going to be a game changer for how you approach these situations. So we have a registered dietitian. Her name is Jess inside of Keep You 100. This is exactly what she does with our clients inside of our data reflection calls. She is always going through various scenarios with our clients and talking about how different foods impact your blood sugars and how we can approach them in a confident way using a ton of different strategies through insulin or through food. So if this is something that you feel like you really want support in and you really want to feel confident for not just the next situation, but the ones 
years and years from now, then this is your sign to enroll for Keeping It 100. You can go in the show notes and apply to work with us. We are one of the only programs that really takes that holistic approach of how is not only your nutrition impacting your blood sugars, but your movement, your hormones, your mindset, and how can we take that full circle approach so that you can feel confident walking through any 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 and every situation. Um, and not only that, but as you can tell from this episode, we do take a flexible approach. So we will never be those coaches that will tell you don't eat this and avoid that. Instead, our approach is how can we help you eat the things that you love and do the things that you love without feeling overwhelmed and restricted. There's not many places that you'll find that. So we absolutely love our community. We're so excited to be starting up again. And um, yeah, if, when you apply to work with us, you can get on a one-on-one consultation call with myself to make sure that this is the perfect fit for you and your journey. So you can find that link in the show notes. And we were so excited to that you listened in and we're really excited for the next few episodes. So we'll see you next week.